Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Southern Extra, the Georgia Southern Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nathan Dominitz, and with me is our usual co-host, McLean Baxley. McLean, how are you doing tonight? Doing great. It's a new year. Yeah, it is a new year. This is our first podcast of 2021, and uh, welcome everybody to the new year. We're going to recap the year in Georgia Southern football um, for the next several minutes, and uh, we'll start by, I, I'm going to just do my uh, my overall take, and then McLean, I'll ask you yours. Uh, this, the team finished eight and five, and I think what made the season is winning that bowl game, uh, beating Georgia, uh, Louisiana Tech in the uh, the RNL Carriers Norms Bowl on December twenty third, uh, especially by the final score of thirty eight to three. Really took uh, put a, a positive finish to a season that that the alternative of losing a bowl game or not playing in a bowl game would have meant that the last game would have been this regular season finale, which because of all the rescheduling was the December 12th home loss to Appalachian State, 34-26. I don't think um, anybody in, in Eagle Nation wanted that to be the finish. A uh, loss to App State really would have carried over into a kind of a positive, negative thoughts all mixed up about the season, uh, even if it was a winning record. So 8-5, and five, a big bowl game victory over a, a Louisiana Tech team that wasn't a world beater but had a, a, a had a run of state bowl victories uh we'll talk about it more in depth but uh, that was what made a positive uh season rather than you know they didn't win a championship uh in the conference or anything like that but they did have a, a nice season what do you think McLean? yeah it is crazy you know last year entering bowl season they were seven and five entering bowl season this year they were seven and five Last year, that loss to Liberty in the Cure Bowl, and then this year, they obviously, you know, won uh, in, in dominant fashion against Louisiana Tech. It is crazy the difference and just overall attitude from the fans, from the coaches, from the players, from the media. Um, you know what one game does. You know whether seven and six or eight and five. Yeah, they still lost to their rival. Um, you know this year, uh, you know they still, you know things didn't go their way. They still did not, um, you know, win the Sun Belt East or win the Sun Belt. But, you know, going out in the way they did, you know, just, you know, winning in all facets of the game um, there in New Orleans, uh, sent out a lot of the seniors on a high note, sent out a lot of the guys that we'll talk about later, you know, that are, that are transferring and, you know, closing their Georgia Southern chapter, sent them out on a high note. So, um, you know, going into next season, you know, they, they are one of, um, you know, a few teams that's going to end uh, enter 2021 with a 1-0 record. You know, they, they – uh, end of the season on a one-game win streak. So it's something that's, that's something that, you know, a lot of teams in the country can't do. And they also – and the thing that I'm going to take away is my, you know, big positive takeaway was that they, they played 13 games, you know, last 
Um, on, on Monday night when Alabama played Ohio State, they became the other team to play 13 games. And in a year where, you know, if we look back at, you know, March and April of last year when, when things were shutting down and we had no sports and you told me that we were going to be having a full, you know, 12-game regular season, yeah, a full, you know, college football playoff, uh, I, I, would, I would doubt it for sure. But the fact that, you know, Georgetown was able to get in 12 games, um, you know, traveling all the way from, you know, New York all the way to, to Georgetown to, to Texas and, and uh, to Louisiana and, um, the way that they were able to just finish 12, 13 games was remarkable. Uh, I think even if, you know, they would have gone 1-12 and 12 like we saw, you know, Texas State did, um, you know, went 1-11, and 11, um, still just being able to accomplish that feat of playing games and having enough players safe and healthy to play games and, and compete in many of the games. You know, like we, we talked about all season about many of their losses were one-score losses. Um, so they were – they were in the games right to the end, um, and that's just something that that's commendable. I think uh, you know we're not, we're not supposed to be biased, we're not supposed to you know be fans, I guess, but just it's really honorable that you know they were able to you know just you know feel feel a team other than that first game against uh, Campbell, which feels like years ago. Uh, but other than that first right, game yeah. when they were down 33 guys, you know every game since then they really had no uh, real problems with COVID and, and coronavirus. Yeah, I was just about to take us all back down memory lane to September 12th when it was a lot warmer. Maybe there's a little uh, afternoon showers, but uh, you had this, uh, you had a, a totally different uh, feeling of what is ahead. We don't, you know, now that we know it, it, uh, is it, like you said, it is amazing that they got in 13 games. Uh, when you consider how it started with 33 players on the inactive list, there's, uh, I don't know about doom and gloom, but there's, there's a feeling across the country that every game could be canceled at the last minute. Um, and some of the games were canceled on short notice. Um, Georgia Tech, I believe, and even had a game canceled because they had uh, a false positive test. It wasn't, they didn't even test positive, but they had to, uh, they lost a game. So there was any number of scenarios and somehow um, Georgia Southern cut through that. Uh, they did have to make some uh, wheeling and dealing. Uh, you know, they did have to change the schedule a bit here and there, um, uh, and that that led to the App State game being the season finale rather than a national TV game on uh, Wednesday or Thursday night, October 14th, uh, I believe. Uh, so that Campbell game, you know, Campbell was supposed to be well outmanned, and, and uh, they put a real scare into Georgia Southern, or at least the people that uh, read for Georgia Southern. Uh, Georgia Southern won 27-26, and we don't need to go into all the details, but it came down to the last couple of plays and the onside kick, and uh, one thing I, I do want to uh, ask you about from that game is the the progress of the defense, Scott Sloan's defense from that game, and you would hope they would progress throughout the season. It's just kind of remarkable how how that young defense missing so many pieces with inactive players and injured players like Ken Eric Duncan was injured, uh, didn't play, and they had lost uh, you know um, two guys, uh, Kendall Vildor to the uh, NFL and the Chicago Bears. Um, they had lost uh, all conference players off that defense. They still had some coming back with Rashad Bird and Ra- Raymond Johnson, the third. But that defense was kind of getting picked apart by the uh, Campbell quarterback, uh, Williams. And, um, you know, we didn't know what was ahead, but they they had marked improvement and, and the young players stepped up. And it just it bodes well for the future if those players continue to progress and, and stay healthy, as always the case in football. But the defense, what do you think of the defense throughout the year? 
Oh, like you said, it just got better and better, with especially a lot of young guys. You know, they ended up leading the country um, with 18, 18 interceptions, um, and many of those came right. from uh, Derek Canteen, a redshirt freshman from Augusta, uh, a guy that only played, I think, two or three games in 2019, came in this year. And like you said, that those first couple games, you know, against Campbell, uh, you know, Louisiana there, uh, even Louisiana Monroe, so, I mean, it, he didn't play a perfect season, of course, but, you know, just his progression throughout the season – uh, and where he became a uh, you know all Sun Belt and a uh, first team um, All American uh, All Freshman team uh, by the by the Athletics so, and, and other outlets. I mean he just blossomed as the season went on. You know other guys, uh, you know uh, yeah, Gavin Adcock there on the defensive line when you know C J Wright was out for a couple games, he stepped in big time. Uh, you know and just really all over the defense, he got better and better each game to where. The, the last game of the season, they didn't allow a touchdown. The only team in the country that was that did not allow a touchdown in postseason. So, really yeah. great job from from Scott Sloan um, in a time where many games it was the, it was up to the defense to uh, the defense to you know bail out the offense that wasn't producing points or wasn't you know carrying the ball for you know wasn't extending drives. You know, many times the the defense had to step in and, and complete games, and they did almost every time. So, uh, yeah. you know, really great job from Scott Sloan, from uh, Victor Cabral on the uh, defensive line, and you know Justin Birdsong, another young guy that had two t- that had two interceptions in the bowl game uh, at corner. Right. So, I mean, and a lot of these guys are coming back, um, especially on that defense. Uh, if we can just you know talk about guys that are leaving, I guess going from this, but you know on that defense, you know you're going to have Daryl Baker Jr. Uh, Todd Bradley Glenn, two seniors that announced that they're coming back. And then, like we said, you know, Birdsong, uh, Canteen, all these guys, Adcock, all these guys that are coming back that are underclassmen that have had serious minutes in Division One, you know, FBS football, uh, conference games, you know, App State, Georgia State, you know, Army, these guys that, you know, some of the best that you'll have to play against. And uh, they, they held into the bargain for the most part. So, on defense, I mean, it's hard not to get excited uh, when, you, when you're looking at this defense for 2021. Yeah, I think Canteen finished with six interceptions. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, put that on the board at the beginning of the season and say we expect you to to get anywhere close to that. That just that's a that's an outlier, but that's a good a good thing because that just shows you how confident and uh, he played and and uh, he, he you know they might he might be a guy they stay away from in the future because he's he's a playmaker. Definitely. I mean, multi-year captains. Uh, both of them are going to be testing the NFL waters. Um, you know, Thompson, he's going to uh, the Hula Bowl, and uh, Bird's playing in another senior showcase uh, game. And these two guys that, that, you know, Johnson especially is a guy that I think, I think is built for NFL and, and going to have an impact. Um, maybe not this upcoming season, but, you know, he will have an NFL impact down the road. And these two guys that, like you said, they're not – replaceable but they are guys that um you're you're gonna be with that other teams are gonna say hey they're they're without these two guys now it was the same thing last year but on the back end you know coming to last year you're losing Kendall Vilder and, and Monquaver and Brinson at cornerback now we're going to target those guys when I've got experience there who's going to step up in the linebacker who's going to step up in the line you've got Justin Ellis the uh, Syracuse transfer who really blossomed there the second half of the season uh, you know Gavin Adcock CJ Wright some of these guys that have experience in minutes um, that will be relied on even more so um, as, as their defense now that, you're, that you don't have that vocal leader and that, that stats leader of, uh, of Rashad Bird and Raymond Johnson the third. The way that the offense was not always clicking 
It led to uh, the offensive coordinator getting fired, uh, Bob DeBess, and uh, Doug Roos um, moving up from a you know, former offensive coordinator who was a uh, tight end coach moving back into the role of interim offensive coordinator because the offense wasn't carrying its weight in perception or in, in reality either needed to be better. And uh, as you had written about from the beginning of the season, had the pieces for a really optimistic to be. And then, of course, you had uh, injuries and suspensions kind of picked apart that uh, that 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 offense. Yeah, and the guy that kind of shined through it all was Shy Words again. Uh, I got like you said, you know, Wesley Kennedy goes down, uh, J.D. King goes down, uh, Logan Wright was down a couple of games, and you're really looking at this guy that's, um, you know, since day one uh, in 2017 against Auburn, just each game gotten better and better and more reliable. And, you know, when, it, when it's a third and 12 and, uh, you know, you're not a passing team, he's going to be able to pick up those yards either with his legs or with his, with his arm. Uh, even, you know, there in that uh, in the bowl game, coming off of shoulder injury, which, you know, he later said that he'd been dealing with shoulder injury all season. I mean, when you launched that bomb to uh, to Caleb Hood about you know sixty yard pass, I mean I right. I audibly yelled when I you know I was watching the game at my house and uh, <laughs> I was like oh my gosh like you know I I who has a pretty healthy <laughs> shoulder pretty healthy arm I don't think I can make that throw much less this guy who was a game time decision because of that same shoulder um, and it, it just showed his heart and just showed you know his impact and you know he might he didn't win. You know, conference championship. He wasn't an All-American like we've seen with, uh, you know, Tracy Ham and, and Adrian Peterson. But he's a guy that, when you know, 20 years from now, when people are talking about the all-time greats in Georgia Southern football history, I think it'd be foolish to to leave out Shywart's name. You could tell they missed him, and then when he came back, like you said, a game-time decision for the bowl game against. You know, the alternative, uh, Justin Tomlin, was already out injured. Miller Mosley was the third-string quarterback or fourth-string quarterback, depending on how you want to look at it, because he transferred uh, to Louisville. We went to the transfer portal, and it's going to Louisville, a Power Five conference, you know, the ACC. But uh, Shai's not going there as a quarterback, right? We Yeah, I mean, th- there's very little evidence of, you know, quarterback option quarterbacks having success in the NFL at quarterback. Uh, you know, in recent years, you know, we, we see Jake McKinnon, who was a quarterback in Georgia Southern, now, you know, one of the best, you know, running back one for San Francisco 49ers, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And so, Shai realized that, you know, if I want to make it to the NFL, I can't make it as a quarterback at an option team. And, uh, you know, Lunsford backed him in his decision. You know, he's been here four years, you know, won two bowl games, beat App State twice, uh, has broken records, has, has done off the field, you know, work. He was a finalist for uh, – the, the the work forward you know for off off the work off the field uh, duties and stuff so um, you know shy realized that you know if if, if I want to make it to the league I've got to go as a as a receiver or a back or something and so um, you know he, he worked out you know we saw videos uh, pretty much pretty much almost exactly after the uh, uh, the bowl right. win um, you know we we saw videos of, of working out with different uh, you know wide receivers coaches um, and different you know speed and strength coaches. Uh, and just improving his, you know, ball catching abilities, his route running, and uh, got to the point where he was good enough to to make a uh, power five roster. If he'll, you know, time will tell if he's, you know, a, a big piece in uh, Scott Satterfield's offense uh, next year with the Cardinals. Uh, they're in, they're in Louisville, but I mean the fact that he was able to be recruited uh, as a scholarship as a, as a grad transfer, um, I think speaks both to his uh, athletic ability, but also just that 
that locker room ability that, that we've seen on display the past three or four years in Statesboro of uh, him having a voice, him being able to lead teams and uh, and fight for what's right, um, both, you know, as it regards to football and having wins, but also what's right off the field um, because it's to, you know, social justice and equality. So um, he's a guy that, you know, what, uh, we talked with Lunsford about how he, you know, after the bowl game, Lunsford was pretty confident that that was, that was Shai's last game uh, in blue and white. Um, and, and he had his full backing to, to enter transfer portal or, or go on with his life. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wish him the best, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I hope he does well uh, there, there in Louisville. I mean, playing Clemson and, and Notre Dame in Miami um, is definitely a step up of playing, you know, Louisiana and, and Appalachian State. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if he's uh, as determined as he was to succeed as quarterback, he'll, he'll, he'll have success for sure. Uh, you know, he, he was here five years. He was five years in states where played four seasons. So he's a mature uh, player. And, and um, if they can get, get him in the open field, whether it's uh, uh, in uh, as a wide receiver, as a as some sort of uh, wildcat formation or a turns, whatever, just to get the ball in his hands with that quickness. So uh, we look forward to talking about that next year. Or sorry, next year. Next season. And McLean, I want to thank you for – for uh, co-hosting uh, throughout the season and and uh, yeah, this yeah. Is another, uh, yeah, another season of covering Georgia Southern and uh, you know got you know a month or two until uh, spring training starts. And look out for more stories from McLean, myself, and uh, Savannah.com, Savannah Morning News. And thanks for listening to the show. And- Southern. Pass swings on the way. 